carry on in this session uh, following straight after the, the last session. We're looking at uh, leaders that God chooses, people we need to, what to look for when we're going to train and release uh, different leaders uh, into the future if we want our futures to keep being fruitful. And uh, this is, a, I want you to ask you to, to, to read uh, 1 Samuel 16 and the whole chapter, the 17th chapter, maybe just pour, push the pause button now and go and read it for yourself. We'll look at a bit of chapter 18, 20, chapter 23, 24, and one verse in chapter 13, the 14th verse, which is so important to us. But th there's, a, there's a comparison here between uh, Saul, who came from a family of donkey farmers. Saul was a donkey farmer. And David, who came from a family of shepherds or sheep farmers. And uh, Samuel has been told he's, uh, he's, that he's rejecting, God's rejecting Saul and that he's to go and anoint one of uh, Jesse's sons to be the, ne the, the future leader of God's people. And so I'm going to pick up in 1 Samuel 16, and I'm going to pick up in the, the uh, fourth verse. It says, yeah, Samuel did what the Lord said. When he arrived at Bethlehem, the elders of the town trembled when they met him. They asked, do you come in peace? Samuel replied, yes, in peace. I've come to sacrifice to the Lord. Consecrate yourselves and come to the sacrifice with me. Then he consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. When they arrived, Samuel saw Eli and thought, surely the Lord's anointed stands here before the Lord. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord, and this is so important, the Lord does not look on the things man looks at. Man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. <laughs> That's a wonderful verse, really. Uh, in the 13th chapter, it talks about David was a man of, after God's own heart. Then Jesse, picking up in verse 8, then Jesse called Abinadab, and had him pass in front of Samuel. But Samuel said, The Lord has not chosen this one. Jesse then had Shammah pass by, but Samuel said, Nor has the Lord chosen this one. Jesse had seven sons, and his sons passed before Samuel, but Samuel said to him, The Lord has not chosen any of these. So he asked Jesse, Are these all the sons you have? And then it's like Jesse says, Oh, wait a minute. Yeah, there is still the youngest. But he's tending, he's looking after the sheep. Samuel said, send for him. We will not sit down until he arrives. So he went, sent and had him brought in. He was ruddy with fear, fine appearance and handsome features. And the Lord said, rise and anoint him. He is the one. So Samuel took the horn of oil, anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day, the spirit of the Lord came upon David in power. So we see some really important things here that I want to just highlight uh, in talking about what we're looking for in leadership and who we release in leadership. First of all, we see here that, uh, and this is so important, that they, they need to be God-hearted. He's looking for God-hearted men. Men with a heart after God's own heart. Um, people who express and live out something of, of what God's like. God-hearted. And... Uh, Second thing, quickly, I'll come back to that God-hearted one in a moment, hopefully. Uh, or maybe I can just touch it now. To be God-hearted, to me, when I look at, at, at God through the Scriptures, I see, first of all, not an order of importance, but, but 
We need to be generous. God's a generous God. We need to be gracious. God's full of grace. Jesus was full of grace. God's got a global heart. The whole world. For God so loved the whole world that he gave Jesus. And so his generosity and his graciousness was in the giving of Jesus, but it was for the whole world. And he had a going heart. The Father sent Jesus. As the Father sent me, so send I you, Jesus said. He's got a good heart. God's got a good heart. And it, through Jesus we see that God is a grateful God. Even when he in creation he said it is good. He's grateful. And so we're looking for those kind of people, a God-hearted people, generous, gracious, global, going, good, and grateful. But also, here's another major factor. When we're looking for people in the church that God's placed us in, in leadership, that we can train for leadership, or if you're on a translocal team, or like in my situation, I'm looking all the time for people who I can see others are bypassing them. Because here David was bypassed by even his father. And so, so often, God's looking for leaders that others are bypassing. It's so important that we see this in the 16th chapter, verse 11 and verse 19. We see that it, uh, David was already caring for the sheep, but being bypassed by his father. So that's another factor we're looking for. People who are already caring for the sheep. Uh, and we see that David cared so much that even when he was sent by his father to, to go and feed his brothers or see how they were doing, um, or even when he went to Saul to serve Saul, he made sure that the sheep were still looked after, cared for. And so um, we move on quickly. I'm just looking at this time again. It goes so quickly. Another thing you see about David that God wants in his leadership is that they, they bring deliverance and not bondage. David, when, he, when Saul, that evil spirit came upon Saul, David ministered and brought release, deliverance from the bondage of those demonic. You'll see that in chapter 16, verses 11 through to 26, and then in verse, yep. Another thing we see here is a very good and very necessary and essential characteristic is we need leaders that are brave. Yes, Timothy was timid, um, but the Bible says that God has not given us to us a spirit of fear, but, a, or, but of love and of power and of a sound mind. So we look, we're looking for brave leaders. And you'll see that uh, David in the, the 18th verse of chapter 16, in the 17th chapter, verses 34 to 38, he talks about he, he, he fought a lion, he fought a, a bear, and he wasn't afraid to stand against a Goliath, a giant. Um, another little characteristic, they, they're warriors. They, they're not scared to be in the fight. You'll see that in chapter 16, verse 18, where it says that he's a brave warrior. David, speaking of David, another one is that he protects others. Uh, he became one of Saul's armor bearers. Chapter 16, verse 21 came. He, he protected other leaders, um, even the guy he was going to replace. We're looking for people who protect people. Uh, even other leaders, they're men of faith in God. You'll see that in chapter 17, verse 34 to 37, that he's, he's and elsewhere, but you see him saying, I, I come to you in the name of the, of, the, of the Lord. You come with all your, these other things, but I, I come in the name of the Lord. I believe God. God will deliver me from this giant. And we need people with faith. 
and people who make all that they have available to God and leave the rest to him. You know, when Saul tried to make him put on David's armor, uh, Saul's armor, David had to eventually say, no, all I want is my, my little sling, my phone, five stones. This is all I need, and I'll leave the rest up to God. So make everything that you've got available to God and then leave the rest up to God, looking for those kind of people, people that go in God's name. I touched this earlier uh, in the 17th chapter, verse 45, but I come to you in the name of the Lord that understand who, whose fight it is. We want people, we're looking for people who understand we're not fighting flesh and blood. We're fighting principalities and powers, demonic powers, hell-bent on destroying the church and stopping the purposes and will of God. So we're looking for people who understand whose fight it is, that are not always caught up in little wars that are not of God's making, fighting the wrong battles. So many of God's leaders today are fighting the wrong battles. They're fighting for their own security and for survival and financial uh, kind of um, security, etc., uh, reputations, whatever. God help us to be delivered from all of that, please, in Jesus' name. I really mean it. They're concerned for God's glory. The 17th chapter, verse 26, David was concerned for the glory of God. And uh, people who know the presence of God. This is a wonderful thing about David. You'll see that he knew that God was with him. And people understood and saw that God was with him. In the 18th chapter, verses 12 to the, through to 14, you see that. And it says, and God was with him and God prospered him and made him successful in every way he went. Because he was with him, his spirit was with him. We're looking for people who... Who, who have the presence of God living on, uh, resting in them and, uh, and upon them. Another important thing, look, for, we're looking for people who are willing to await God's timing. Now, bear that in mind, God's timing. And you'll see that in chapter 24, verses from verse 5 through to 22. And I'm hoping you're going to read these for yourself. Let the Spirit of God take God's Word and make it real, deep inside you. But also, chapter 26, verse 9 to 25. They await God's timing twice. Uh, David already knew he had been anointed to be king. Twice he saw was in his, under his in in uh, the vicinity of where he could destroy him. He could speed up the process of becoming the king, but he awaited God's timing. Even when others were urging him, "Come on, kill him, kill Saul," uh, he said, "I won't touch God's anointed." He waited God's timing. And another very important thing we see in chapter 17, verses 28 to 37, but right throughout the life of David, is that David was not easily discouraged or put off. Even when his brothers mocked him, what are you doing here? Uh, why aren't you caring for those few little sheep? Uh, he was mocked, belittled, but he wasn't discouraged. He just kept at it. We're looking for people who don't get easily discouraged or put off, even when mocked by his brothers. So, just a few things I'm going to add to that that aren't in the life of David so much. They might be there, but just a few things I'd like to add that uh, I think are important for us to remember. Paul, while it's clear in the scriptures he needed financial support, he preached for free. Now, 
if people want to be recompensed or remuneration for when they preach, they begin to go to places that pay well. We're looking for people who go where people can't pay a cent. So you could look at that in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 7 to 12. Don't let, we're looking for people who don't let financial needs become the predominant factor. I've seen so many great, great potential leaders who will not trust God and want to be financially secure before they'll answer the call of God. We, it just doesn't work that way. Look for people with faith, even if, for finances. Um, I, I look at this and I just think, no, I, better, I better just close off here now. This one I want to keep a little shorter. But again, please, will you take these scriptures, take these characteristics, go before God, and I, I do urge you, pray before you invite people to come to be trained. Now, you can throw out a wider uh, invitation to the whole church. We're having leadership training. Come along. But there's certain guys that you should approach personally and say, I really would like you to come. Make sure you pray. Seek God before you invite them. And before you make any suggestions or drop any hints about anything. Be a man of prayer.